So, uh, yeah, I am tired. It's uh, 11.30 p.m. And not really tired. Like, I mean, oh, and I'm yawning. It's funny because I always record when I'm, like, sleepy. Mm, the thing is, though, I'm not, not physically tired. But in a sense, it's like I'm tired of myself. <laughs> like... It's like I've had enough of myself. I've had enough of it. Like, it gets to a point where I'm like, this is it. Can't do anymore. I can't. I, I, I just can't deal with myself. I gotta express this, 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 how, how like, um, what is collected within from all the, you know, mental masturbation that's going on. Um, and just some way, like, not release it out, but it, in, in a sense, you know, it's meditative to speak about it as well. So what was I going to say? Well, I've been thinking about traditions. <laughs> thinking about traditions. And I've been thinking about the ways of the ancients. And I have been thinking about vision quests. And I have been thinking about origin, source, and what's natural. And I definitely, as usual, don't mean to disregard any option or expression. Hmm. However, I wish to clarify a few things of insight. With that being said, let's heat up some water. So, <clears throat> what was I doing? I was like online in the sofa after meditation. I have been singing. And while singing too, this came through. And this, I mean, all this came through like way before I even started to mentally. Engage in this. Mm. But, you know, there's, there's so much, there's so much focus now. And I've, I've been talking to. Mm, akin, let's say that, akin. I think two days ago or yesterday, I, don't, I can't remember, about this thing about, you know, shamanism and 
the ancient ways and indigenous indigenous tribes and well we were talking about shamanism and and he was talking he was mentioning that it's a trend and i'm like ah <laughs> it sounds a lot easier when you put it into that word because <laughs> i've been like going around it's like what the fuck is going on why why is everybody following it? Why, why, why does everyone feel like they're a shaman? Or everyone feel like they're a guru? Well, because they are in a way, in a sense, yeah? Everybody's like rediscovering their inner shaman or inner guru. That's beautiful. That's awesome. But, you know, don't get it. Don't get consumed in, in your spiritual ego on the way. But sometimes it can be useful to really reveal the spiritual ego at least i know that's what i did for a while and therefore i can speak about this (laughs) therefore that's like one of the like you know people who talk about ego and ego dying and ego death i i mean don't you think that we've been pretty entrenched in the ego business like oof you know my gosh (laughs) Is there left? Oh, yeah. Like, why else would I be here? Like, why else would I be here speaking to you about this? Everything that I'm sharing going on internally, too. Yeah? Let's just let's just put it like that. Let's just humble it down. Like, qu- quiet down the business mind. The monkey. Let's, let's put Rama in a fat embrace around, um, around Hanuman and... and let Rama whisper in his ear and say, Hey, beloved, I see you. I am here. I hold you even when you captivate yourself into form. Even when you forget, you are the most beautiful creature. You are the most beautiful creation. I love you. I honor your ways. How do we put this? So, I was seeing this friend's documentary or like short video about the the Kiva gathering. The Kiva, the K-I-V-A, Kiva gathering that happens every year in Holland for now. I don't know how many years it's been going on, but at least three or four or five or I don't know. So, uh, I'm not an expert. (laughs) You can look it up yourself. (laughs) There is Google. (laughs) I'll leave it to Google. (laughs) they made a pretty good business out of helping everybody to get to know whatever they want to know, at least what they think they want to know. So, um, I was watching this and they were, you know, it, it's, it's kind of like the same talk that I feel is like over and over and over and over repeated. And that's where I want to really get to. I want to talk about repetition and I want to talk about, you know, tradition and 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 using the same way over and over again so like i've been studying ethnology i i have a bachelor degree in that and uh, going on master now and and other um i guess science science social science um and 
there's a term in ethnology that we call trading. And it basically talks about trading information. Trading is a set sequence of um, behavioral patterns. You trade the set sequence of behavioral patterns from generation to generation. From moment to moment, it becomes a tradition. That it That is what it is. It's a trading tradition. Trading of a sequence. Trading of a set sequence. Trading of a ritual. And there's another book um, from Victor Turner called um, From Ritual to Theater. And I would highly suggest everyone that is interested in, in you know, studying behavioral patterns to read that because it's pretty funny. It's very philosophical. It's very nuanced and um, it's rich. And it's a small book. Like you'll get through it quickly. Um, and he also talks about, like basically it all sums up, at least this is my point of view, um, Victor Turner, from ritual to theater, of how uh, something that was formerly very um, profoundly about um, the non-scene, um, the ritual was set up in ways that was a cu- communication or a set frequency, a set tone, um, a set set code for the harmonics of the ritual to tell a story of, um, well, what wanted to be communicated. Many times a sort of a prayer or a, um, yeah, I would say prayer, like I would call it prayer at least, but, you know, anybody can call it whatever they want. It can, it can be called, uh, hymn or song or um, even just storytelling. But the point is that um, this prayer, this, this frequency, this code that is set up that is really all, all about like in the beginning when it's set up, when it's constructed, this set frequency, this thing that is traded down, this ritual, in the beginning when it's set up, it's not so much about how it looks or how it appears. It's not so much about perception. It's really about the, the essential uh, state that it puts mm, the participants in so that they can come in contact with whatever they wish to come in contact with. But as it is traded down, um, it is very common that we kind of lose touch with that essence. And so it becomes more about the appearance. It becomes more about the perception. And therefore it becomes more theatrical. And we become more bound and attached to the tools and the rituals and the doings, the actions regarding the ritual, Um, like where to put different things, the placements, where you sit, how you sing things. It's kind of like we attach ourselves to the method instead of 
truly finding our new way into uh, the essence. Because we have to remember that these frequencies or codes or rituals were created many, 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 many years ago in a society that does not exist now. But yet, we wish to apply it to this society. And I watched this, um, I haven't watched it fully, but, you know, Russell Brand, he has this podcast called Under the Skin, and it goes on YouTube. I know I'm talking low because my daughter is sleeping, and it's like midnight. Um, But it was on YouTube, and he was interviewing, oh my God, uh, who was this dude's name? He was so funny, he was hilarious. Like, I just wanted to, like, bring him home in a bag and like unpack him and like whoa christmas time like (laughs) you know like who's this guy like what like he has like you know such a joker wonderful wonderful uh expression wonderful individual excuse me oops that was me hunting for the teacup my favorite teacup and now hunting for the rooibos so he was uh, talking about this dude with Russell Brand. The same thing, like how um, he's like, oh, you know, people tell me that I want to go back to the past and how things were in the past. But that's not really true, he said. Like, he, oh, yeah, sorry. The, the podcast was called From Tribe to Tribe versus Algorithm. You have to watch it. It's super funny. It's so clever. And it's very interesting. Um, And, you know, Russell Brand is like, you know, it's like Marilyn Manson and Snoop Dogg. Like, first you just freaking hate them. You're like, who's this dude? (laughs) Get out of my face. Like, what's up with the hairdo? What's up with talk? What's up with everything? Like, who the fuck do you think you are? Get up. And then you realize, you're like, they're just playing. Like, they're nothing. They're just like the Joker. Like, in different forms. They're just so lovely. <laughs> like, everything they say is like, they do have a point. <laughs> like, they do. I'm not saying Marilyn Manson and Snoop Dogg and Russell Brand has, like, the key to, you know, everything. I'm just saying that I think we... Again, I think we put too much emphasis on appearances and and the first perception of things when really they have so much more to offer when we open up to infinity, truly. And so so in this podcast, Under the Skin with Russell Brand from, it was Tribe versus Algorithm. This dude, he was speaking about... um, He's like, oh, yeah, they they tell me that I want to go back to the past. That's not really the case. I want us to actually evolve, he said. I don't want us to do things the way that we used to do things. I just want us to take a look at how things were done uh, in a tribal community versus how things are done in an industrial community. And then he mentioned that Mm, a lot of the algorithms that are put in place today that are working today that is like collecting information and data about how we are behaving today um, and also building hence hence building the infrastructure of the economic society of the western world 
upon these algorithms. These are algorithms truly made like in the beginning of, well, what did it say? Not only the industrial society, not even the industrial revolution, like before that, like basically after the Middle Ages, like around, you know, 1400s. And he's like, and they tell me that I want to go back to the past when they are promoting an established algorithm that is based upon something that happened, you know, like almost a thousand years ago. He's like, oh, like, what's the, what's the deal here? What's the deal, y'all? <laughs> it's like, it's like, can we evolve? And and that's what I feel too. It's like, hmm, we have this. Yes, we have this beautiful opportunity to go on vision quests, especially us like, um, uh, the Western Europe, European, you know, the Europeans or the rich. The rich ones, I guess, even even though I'm not, you're not, and, you know, the individuals might not have, like, tons of money, like, overall, overarching, compared to, like, the rest of the world, we do have a lot of cash, you know, we do have a lot of flexibility, and we do have a lot of abundance and opportunities, you know, it's not all about the money, even though it is, so, um... What was I saying? Oh, yeah, the Kiva. The Kiva. So each year, or each, every other year, uh, there are, I don't know that much about this, but there are um, representatives of tribes, indigenous tribes, from all over the world gathering at Kiva to represent, like I said, representatives to represent their tribe, their tradition, their tradition, their rituals, and they bring all the gears, man. They bring all the gears. (laughs) And, and, you know, I like the gears. Like, they're lovely. They're beautiful. You know, everybody's cute. You know, they have, like, hats and feathers and, and, you know, I, I, you know, I used to love that shit. I used to love, like, face paints and feathers and like all geared up like all makeup but you know what it came to a point when I was like sitting in ceremony and I was like looking around I went to the bathroom I looked in the mirror and I saw myself and I was like holy gamoly smoky fuck (laughs) this is a circus and I don't want to participate anymore I'm not gonna be the monkey I'm gonna evolve from the monkey into the god like I'm not gonna play the part of Hanuman keep on forgetting I'm gonna evolve and that's when Rama comes in it's like well you know take off your feathers stop stop banging that banana into the bread you know stop jumping on those people and most of all stop jumping around in your own head be still and observe even more and you'll see more of the spectacle it is and so i did that and i realized again you know like yes these traditions they do hold a lot of importance for a lot of people because they are the only link that they have left that we have left to all these ancient wisdom codes right But the pure thought itself, 
that we are losing something puts us in disadvantage. It puts us in a system where we believe that we are lacking, that we are dying, that our true identity and true nature is dying. And that's not really true, you know? My daughter's awake. That's not really true. I can tell you this, even when the world ends, even when our houses and cars and loans and partners and jobs and airplanes and pets magazines, and celebrities, and cities, and banks, and armies, and tanks, and countries. Even when the oceans are gone, Or if, if, let's say if, let's not paint a picture here. Even if, even if all of that would disappear, would completely, in whatever way, go away. Even if your body would go away, my body would go away. Which, by the way, it can't. Let me just say that. (laughs) But if it would, even if it would, hypothetically, Nothing would be lost. All is always found here. And I don't know how many times I will say that during this lifetime, but I guess that's my favorite comment on everything. Like if I would be a sports commentator for life, I would be sitting in the Ram Dass theme and I would say, me and Adia, Shanti, and Ramdas, and we would be like going cheering. We would be like, be here now, be here now, be here now, be here now, be here now. Presence is essence, presence is essence, presence, presence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we wouldn't say go, go, go. We would say be, be, be. We wouldn't say stop, 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 or no, 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 or yes, yes, yes. Just B, B, B. Well, that's very silly anecdote. But anyway, um, <laughs> so this Kiva gathering on this video, again, I watched. Saw some of my friends there that, that was shot uh, with the, the camera, not the gun. That was shot, um, I guess I have to be precise these days, especially in airy season. Um, they were shot by a friend who's a filmer, film creator, film director. 
and and I saw this thing going on and at first I felt like a lot of like recognition I was like yeah you know I've been through these traditions I really honor them I know the worst of them I know the value I know how each little feather is put in place for a specific setting for the ritual. I know how each little pearl in each necklace is put in place for the setting, for the ritual. And not only for the ritual, but because it is a ritual to create these ornaments, to create the costumes, to create the setting, that's a ritual itself. And I think that's what people don't get. I think that's where we lose the track of what things is and is not. And like I said, from ritual to theater. theater. Like when, when you realize that everything is a ritual, when you realize that every part of the doing is in, in itself a non-doing, it's a non-action, even though it is a doing, it's a non-action because you're not doing something for a purpose only. The purpose is kind of like, it's like the goal is not the goal. The people say the goal is not the goal. Uh, the road is, the path is. Here and now is. And that's truly true in, in ritual as well, in ceremonies. Like the ceremony is not about the ceremony. The ceremony is not about sitting in a circle and like singing certain songs and, and taking certain substances or not. It's not about it, wearing certain clothes and... Um, having certain crystals with you. It's not about saying certain prayers and uh, waving a feather a certain way. It's not about that. It is about that. That is included in the whole thing. But it's not only about that. We can't put the emphasis on that. That's when it become, becomes theatrical. That's when we all become clowns. That's just a part of the theatrics. That's a part of the play. That's when we play it out. There's another book called The Kin of Atta, which I love. I love, 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 love. And you should all read that too. It's such an amazing book. And I think it's from the 80s or something. I don't know the author. Let's see if I can look it up. But... um. There, like, I don't want to share too much from the book, but there it's, um, let's see. Can, uh, oh, thank you, Google. Yeah, it's The Kin of Atta Are Waiting for You by Dorothy Bryant. Dorothy Bryant, amazing, amazing, amazing. From 1971. <sighs> wow. And, and it's also talking about the veil and the unveiling of the veil and the state between the unseen and the seen, which ritual is, right? And it talks about dream state and awakened state. And it talks about uh, rituals. And it talks about rituals and groups. And it talks about the theatrical part of it, the play of it, and how important it is. But she also managed to pinpoint down how every single movement in the theater is important and why it is important because it symbolizes a certain f 
frequency a certain set of harmonics it's not really about what or who or which or blah 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 it is connected to it not about that it's a code it's truly a code the ritual is a code and it the code itself it's like a dna it's like an imprint of encodings and and each encoding you find a scripture and the scripture cannot be written down it can be carried through traditions it can be carried through songs and i think that's why also people are so putting such an emphasis on you know maintaining or keeping um or nurturing the traditions of um indigenous tribes from thousands of years ago or hundreds of years ago because they they know of the importance that lies within these codes these codes are ancient what i want to say though is that within these codes lies information that can be found in simply being present We don't need to express our beliefs about God in any kind of manner. In fact, all ways that we portray god is false it is said that the human form is created in the image of god what is an image of an image of is a portrayal it can be a reflection it can be a product we can call them any names just like a child is created in the image of me and whomever i created with the child still doesn't look like me it can appear to be similar but it doesn't look like me yet who am i i am created in the image of my parents and they are created in the image of their parents and so on and so on and so on if we go back and so forth as well so what does that mean we created an image of god it's well it's the image it's the appearance it's the appearance of but yet if we look behind the veil into the unseen we can actually see within have insight about the truth that's why shamanism is a popular these days because all of a suddenly we have new labels that is really old labels but they're you know adapted into the new age society or the new society uh, of how to travel into the unseen world and how to navigate in the unseen world and a lot of people are like quote unquote waking up and saying hey 
I always felt connected to this. I've always seen ghosts. I've always heard voices. I'm clairvoyant. I'm clear this. I'm clear that. Well, it's pretty pretty that you're clear all that because the reason because you are clear whatever is because you're getting more crystallized. You're getting more clear. But before you can become more clear, like when you actually start to hear voices, when you start to hear information that cannot really be heard with your physical ears, when you start to see things that cannot be seen with your physical eyes, when you start to sense, feel things that cannot be felt with your physical body, physical vehicle, then you're in the unseen realms, quote-unquote. But the thing is, what's happening is that you're actually opening up your belief system to the fact that you are not only a physical body, that you are not only a human form, you are more than that. So you can sense more of yourself, you can sense more of your own creation. You become less limited. I wouldn't say more limitless, <laughs> I would say less limited. Because you can't really become more limitless. You already are infinity. But you sense yourself as less limited. But there comes the limited edition, <laughs> number two. <laughs> Then you have to learn. If you are hearing something that cannot be heard with your physical ears, you need to learn how to navigate through that. Now, what do I hear? What is the input? So you start to identify. You start to label and put names and categorize. And you start to create this whole world for yourself. Either you do it by yourself, or you check Google, or you check YouTube, or you go into shamanism. There's plenty of ways. Plenty of ways. I'm just saying the more, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm just stating what I've been doing, <laughs> really. <laughs> like, what, you know... <laughs> Like, just to humble down a situation again. Like, really. <laughs> and, and you know, who am I? I'm nobody. I'm just doing what everybody's doing. I'm just following the trend, y'all. You know? <laughs> like, and I realized that. And that's what my friend said. Like, my friend, Ken, whatever you want to call him. And, uh, yes. Perfect reflection of the divine in many ways. Um... He said, it's a trend. Shamanism is a trend. I was like, hold on. I like trends. <laughs> That's why, you know, I kind of like trends. I, I like trends. You know why I like trends? Because I like to tear them apart. I like to take what the trend gives me. And then I like to mold it into something new, something else. And isn't that kind of what we humans do as innovators? Because a trend, what is trendy, comes from something traditional. It is something that has just newly been rediscovered, to been re-resurrected or redirected, reformed. And now it's all of a sudden trendy again because it's something old. So it's reinvented and then we take that and we reinvent it again and we break it and we break the norm and then we do something else that becomes normal again. 
over and over again the same pattern. That's what humans do. That's what innovators does. So how, question, how can we, how can we create something that is truly new, that hasn't been done before, that isn't on repeat? How do we do that? Well, the answer is simple. We don't. We really don't. And to make it even more simple, yet it can sound complicated, but to make it even more simple, we never did. Actually, we never did create anything of this. We just believed that we did. We believed that I invented this and I invented that. And I painted that, and I sculptured that. And I made up the song, and it was me who chose what clothes we should have on in this show. And I designed that outfit, and I designed that car. And I built that house, and it was me who created those babies. <laughs> and I did it all in the image of me, because <laughs> I am... <laughs> You know, <laughs> I am. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you get my point? You get my point? I don't know if you get my point. It's pretty simple. You know, I'll send this to a friend, see what they pick up. <sighs> so the only way to truly get rid of repetition of patterns that I've come across so far. And this was actually in ancient scriptures that I've read online, on Facebook. Well, you see the irony? <laughs> um, was that the only way... Oh, I gotta stretch for this one. The only way to rid yourself of repetition of patterns rituals and attachments to rituals the only way of rid yourself to attachment to the ritual tools or the methods the only way to rid yourself of the idea of that you are creating or recreating something in the name of god or wishing to come closer to god or you know stemming to that prayer that um innovative thought of the idea the idea of coming closer to what you wish to attain is to stop doing whatever it is that you think that you're doing. It can be really entertaining to talk to the winds, talk to the fire, sing songs to the earth. But you know what? We're not here for entertainment. No, we're not. We are here to entertain it. That it, that is what we are. We are that it. We're not me, we're not you, we're not I, we're not am. We're, we're the isness, we're the it. That isness, that, that's what we are. The isness. The isness that is unmentionable. That one. <laughs> that is not one, that is none. That one. That none. That's what we are. That. <laughs> that which is not a that. You know? It's not Voldemort. 
It's not the dark matter. It's so scary because we can't really put a name on it and we can't really identify it and we can't really sing songs about it and we can't really portray it and we can't really do anything with it. Our truest nature, it's so freaking scary. So we, we try, we try to recreate something, something in the image of it so that we can be entertained. Now, let me ask you, isn't that, isn't that very, um, isn't that very monkey behavior, monkey mind? I mean, I love monkeys. Monkeys are so smart, too. That's why Hanuman is a god. Because, you know, that's why Rama has so much compassion for Hanuman and see his godliness in everything. Most powerful deity, strongest, I mean, so powerful, the strongest one, strongest. He has so much strength because he keeps on forgetting and then he keeps on remembering again. And that's, you know, that's a symbolism of us going back and forth from what they call the monkey mind to the divine state of being. And when we stop creating something in the name of and stop animating it and stop um, adapting to it and mirroring it and interacting with it. Like even now... I am doing that. I'm doing something. I'm doing something because my mind wants to like integrate something and figure some shit out, you know. I'm not doing this in an ego-less state. Not at all. These pods are definitely not egoless. I wouldn't say that for a second. Not at all. How would I be able to tell you these stories if I wouldn't go into ego? However... I do not identify myself with that ego. That's the difference. Because if I would, then it would just be another you know, thingy. And I think a lot, of, a lot of people won't really get that. It's just not another thingy. This pod or this sharing that I'm doing, whatever form it comes out. Because they're not able to see past their own thingy. Because they're so fucking clingy to their thingy. <laughs> they're so clingy to their thingy. I should call that something something. They're so clingy to their... Th I'm so clingy to my thingy. I like to have. I like to own. I really like to touch and grab it. To know that I have it in my hands. Because these are my hands. This is my thing. My thingy. Therefore, I'm clingy. Mine, 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 mine. And now I feel so rich because I have it in my hands. These are my hands. Like, have you ever had, have you ever had that moment where you're like drunk or high or not drunk or not high or like meditative or whatever, you know, alter state or non-alter state where you just suddenly snap out of something and you look at your hands and you're like, are these my hands? My hands look different. I don't know if they are my hands. Or if you look in the mirror and you're like, is this my face? 
do I really look like this? Oh, I look so this or I look so that, you know. But before we go into judgment of how we look, we just look in the mirror and we're like, is this me? You know? Or take a picture and you look at that and you're like, that doesn't look like me. Well, it's because truly somewhere behind all the clingy, you know that you're not the thingy. You're not the thingy you hold on to. You're not your body. You're not your identification or identity. You're not your job. You're not your house. You're not your partner. You're not your home. You're not your parents and you're not your children. And you're not, definitely not your partner. And you're not your lover. And you're not your money. And you're not your career. And you're not anything of that. You're, you're not, you're not that. None of that. You're not the monkey. Hanuman, you're not the monkey. I love you. You may look like a monkey, but you're made in the image of me. So you are me, says Rama. Rama says, you are me. I am you. I love you. Remember. Remember. And then Hanuman is like, boom, snaps. He's like, you're right. These are not my hands. You're right. I think that just was just done over there that I thought that I did was actually done by you, Rama. You did it. Rama goes, yeah, well, you did it too. But we didn't really do it. It just kind of happened. So what I wanted to say is that naturally when we let go and let be, let things be, naturally things start to flow. Things happen. And people ask me like these days, they're like, how do you have money to sustain yourself? Like, because I really don't have a job, you know, <laughs> and I haven't had one in many years. Like, I've had off and on jobs. Like, how do you have money to do this? And I'm like, what do you mean? Like, how? How do? Like, how do you get money? I'm like, oh, like the last year, like something like that. I'm like, I don't really know. I don't know. Like, since I stopped having attachment to how I get an income, oh, wow. Maybe I should know. Like, maybe that would be good, actually. So I'm starting to get to know it again. But there comes a time of unknowing. And that's when you actually clear your mind of, of the crazy monkey. And then you can reuse the monkey but use the monkey in a vigilant way, in an agile way, in a way that serves the greatest good of, of Rama, which also serves the greatest good of Hanuman. Let me see about serving. It's like way past my bedtime. Let me see about serving. There's this saying that Hanuman says. When, let me see here. Here we go. It's with Ramdas, I think. Mm-hmm. It's one of his main teachings.
And that's why it's called the Love Serve Remember Foundation because it's all about remembering my grandma. You know, remember, remember. Um, so, in the Ramayana, one of the great Sanskrit texts of Hinduism, Ram, Lord Ram, Rama, says to Hanuman, Who are you? Hanuman replies, When I don't know who I am, I serve you. When I know who I am, you and I are one. And this captures the essence of what the sacred can awaken in us, a lifelong calling to be in service and devotion to love. It is through this service and through this devotion that we begin to realize we are not separate. Love is the very nature of our being. It is who we are. From Sitaram Das. So this is beautiful, 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 beautiful. And what I wanted to say with that tradition thing, then, you know, what made me think about that? Well, tradition and trading rituals, because everything is truly ritual, the way we brush our teeth, the way we don't brush our teeth. The way we make our breakfast, the way we don't make our breakfast, the way we run to the coffee shop, the way we catch the train, the way we feed our children, the way we raise ourselves, the way we raise our children, the way that we walk, everything, every single little thingy of your thingy that you think that you are, that you're so clingy to, that thingy, everything is a ritual. Everything is an encoding or code. Telling a story and the story is in repetition. I'm telling you it's a fucking repeat like it's like it's, as long as we think that we are uh, something that we're not then We have pushed the repeat button and it's ongoing. It's in a loop That's called karma Recreating karma and it doesn't have to be bad karma. It's just recreating karma. It's just recreating history just recreating from form instead of creating from the formless from that which we are the formless none so just be aware when we are creating something if it is us that is creating or the formless that is creating because if it is the formless that is creating then what we think that we are we are simply uh, chalices or channels and that's actually when it pinpoints down the reason, the essence behind ritual and behind shamanism and that kind of indigenous tribal communities, it's that that essence is, is their bhakti. It's their way of um, devotion. It's their way of devotional arts or devotional music or devotional ritual. It's their way of seeing like ceremony as a way of praying. And so the essence behind why it was created was to connect, like I said, with that source that is formless, to recreate something new. It's like, what do we do about the harvest this, this fall? We can't do what we did last year because then this and this happened. And so how do we do it this time? We must ask the gods. And so they asked the gods and the gods gave an answer. And the answer was to recreate nothing, but to create anew. And that's also the key behind permaculture 
and like thriving communities and thriving abundance is that the more uh, new individual expressions that take form, the more space we create or illusion of space. So the more there is to thrive, the more the merrier, or let's say the merrier, the more. So the, the idea that we don't have enough of resources or that we need to pray to get more, that's a lack-based idea. And that's an, actually an idealism that we carry on in tradition from, like I mentioned before, industrialization and even before that, the 1400th century. So if we wish to evolve, let's just scratch that, scratch that, get our finger off that button that says repeat, 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 and like start to forget, start to fucking forget. How did we get our income last month? I don't really know. Is that okay to not know? Yes, it is. Forever? I don't know. For a while? Perhaps. You choose. Do we need to tell everybody about it? No, we don't. Do we need to tell anybody about it? No, we don't. We don't. When we find out that we are everything that we ever wanted, when we find that out, then we can start doing in the service of surrender, in the service of devotion, in the service of God, God which is the unknown. Why do you think people keep on searching for God? Like I told you, it's this, this the thing that scares them the most because they cannot identify it. Yet, the paradox comes here because we cannot identify it. We keep on searching for it. <laughs> we keep on seeking it. Who's out there? Hello? There's a me you're looking for. God replies, I can see it in your eyes. I can feel it in your smile. You are all I ever wanted. You're all I've ever... Wait a minute. Was that Lion and Ritual? I believe so, yo. Or was it God? I don't know. Is everything just a reflection? Perhaps so. Is that a little bit too simple and simplistic to describe what is known as reality and dream state? Yes, it's a little bit too simplistic. Can we describe it in a podcast? No, we can't. Why? Because everyone has their own illusion. And everyone is the one. So there's infinite ones. Not until we become none can we share the common unity. That's the paradox. There's many monkeys in Rama's garden. Let's just say like that. Okay? Lord Rama. And we're all playing this theater of ritual. And so when people are gathering up, the tribes are gathering up to teach us how to talk with the winds, the wind gods, teach us how to talk with the, the fire gods, teach us how to sing to Mother Earth, teach us how to um, praise the water. It's not really the theatrical parts that they are 
teaching us, even though that's what we're taking with us. It's not that at all, you know. There are a few people who, who get, and there are more. More of us are coming, and we're starting to recreate something that is actually from the formulas to create something new. And adapting our own individual expression of it. And it's just a connection. That's all there is. They're just teaching us to remember. Love, serve, remember. They're just teaching us how to remember. But the thing is, the ultimate, to pull this a little bit further, <laughs> we can all remember if something has happened in the past, right? Or if we still believe in the concept of the past. We can only remember if something has already been. That's the only way we can remember. We can only remember when we still identify ourselves with time, with ourselves as being something, something thingy. When we're still clinging to the thingy, we can remember that we're not the thingy. But there's also another way, like I said, stop doing, stop seeking, let go of the thingy, stop to be clingy, be in the present moment, it is very challenging, I know. <laughs> Probably the hardest thing you can do. But then it becomes the more easier as it goes and eventually it becomes the only thing you can do, which is the non-doing. Looking forward to get there. Um, and there is really here. So let's not not get sidetracked into philosophical manners let's just say it like this you don't really want to remember who you are you want to recognize who you are and not who you are no 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 scratch that you want to recognize that you are you can start off with that recognize that you are recognize the being and then from there on we can go into a little less abstract, which is a little bit more complicated for the mind to fathom, which is the unfathomable. So, you know, everything that I just told you about nothingness in the podcast really doesn't make any sense. You can't really grasp that unless you've experienced that, even for a glimpse, you know. If you experience that for a glimpse, then you have a glimpse of it, then you know. But Apart from that, you know, it's meaningless, complete meaningless, complete nonsense and blah, blah, that I even share this with you. But, you know, I like to do it, so I do it. And that's another part, you know, the doing. But I also recognize that I am. And that's all there is to it. <laughs>